Why are you looking at me like you don't recognize me? Janeway, did you lock us in here and turn off the safety protocols? Of course not. I would never. For all she knows, she's telling the truth. But I fear she's unknowingly been manipulated by a secret subroutine pre-programmed to intervene if the ship's core directive was ever interfered with. And with me, sabotaging our every episode uh, behind the shadows is Adam Bowen. Uh, welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the Star Trek Prodigy episode, Ghost in the Machine. And you can be our ghost in the machine by following us on social media. Don't know what that reference was, but it probably made sense in the head when I said it. So let's just roll with it. Uh at Strange New Takes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tell your friends about our podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, too, because uh, that helps us show up a little bit higher on the search list. And as always, this is the time where I tell you that you're go- about to be spoiled for this episode. And due to the nature of uh, Prodigy, probably a lot of different episodes, and just Star Trek in general, because we, we go on very wide tangents. So, uh, yeah, join us. Yeah, I'm gonna spoil a book soon in my strange new take. Okay, sounds good. And I just spoiled my strange new take, so double spoiler, dude. Okay. <laughs> anyway, as you mentioned before, Adam, we we're gonna talk about the Prodigy episode, Ghost in the Machine. It is the 17th episode of the first season. It first aired on the 8th December 2022. It was written by Chad Quant. It was directed by Andrew L. Schmidt, and the in-universe date is 2384. Here is the episode summary from Memory Alpha. When the crew gets trapped in the holodeck by a mysterious malfunction, they aren't sure what's programmed or what's real. Dot, dot, dot. All right. Well, there, we are, always there ta- are seven episodes of Star Trek that could have that <laughs> intro or have right? that summary. <laughs> oh, no, it's Moriarty. Okay. Uh, we always start our episodes with our strange new takes. So, Adam, do you have a strange new take for me? Yeah, for the uh, for the real world, uh, I've been trying to teach uh, my chickens about uh, a a feeder where they there's like a little metal metal button that they just kind of uh, press and then water comes out. Uh, and Dragonette does not understand, so I try pushing it. I try showing her that the other chicken knows how to do this, uh, but she'll just like peck the water that's on the ground that has dropped. Or she'll like peck near it, but just generally has no idea. So uh, I'm hoping like maybe maybe after like a month or something like of this that she'll figure it out. But in the meantime, uh, trying to only provide her that water in the morning and then I just give up and give her regular water afterwards. So uh, for the episode itself, um, I guess I, I, I wasn't I, I was not expecting a second level of uh Janeway might be secretly evil and doing bad things uh in this this series because we, we've already had a a, a previous edi- edition of this um yes, so we have. yeah and uh, as with all episodes like this like I I don't know why they still aren't worried that they're in a simulation 
uh, they seemed to accept like, oh, yeah, definitely. We're not in the simulation anymore uh, at the end of this. And I don't know. I think I would be uh, kind of permanently wondering. <laughs> You'd be in the Truman Show basically for the rest of your life. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, um, my first strange new take is about The Martian by Andy Weir. You may have watched the movie starring Matt Damon uh, a few years ago. Uh, have you watched that, Adam? I'm sure you have. Uh, I, I read the book, uh, but not did not watch the movie. I've heard what? that it's good. And so, like, that's the thing that I'll do at some point. Okay, well, extremely relevant strange new take then for you, which is that this book... So, I, first of all, I wasn't sure I wanted to read the book because I've watched the movie and, I, and I've heard they're pretty close. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ah, I don't know. But then I started. First review of the book... It suffers from Will Wheaton syndrome, which is basically all the characters kind of sound the same. And I think some of that is up to Andy Weir. But I think Will Wheaton also, let's just say I haven't found a book so far that he reads where there's enough range between the characters. And he's a great narrator. He just needs to work on his characterization a little bit. Anyway, moving on. But it is a hell of a touching book, as you well know from having read it. Oh, yeah. And it adds a lot of color around what they show in the movie so the movie changes a little bit of stuff but it's mostly the same and there are definitely pieces of the movie where they've they've shown a bit of something that isn't described in the movie so if you watch the movie you wouldn't notice this at all but it's relevant to something that happens in the book so the mm. movie is actually a really great companion to the book and i'll say that the actors did a great job playing the characters exactly like the book i don't think there's ever there's a movie version of a novel where i can say that the characters come through is exactly the same but when like things happen in the book that aren't in the movie i could see the actor like in my head i could see the actors like playing that scene as their characters from the movie so it's oh interesting yeah it, spectacular book spectacular movie i think the movie does the ending of the movie is far better than the ending of the book uh i'll just okay. leave it at that so so make sure you you check out The Martian if you haven't yet, movie or book. And for this episode, I'll keep it very short since we're going to go into the discussion, which is that I think this was the first episode where I was like, yep, this is a children's show. This was an episode for kids. And I think most of the other episodes so far, I haven't kind of had that strong of a reaction of this sort. But this one, it was kind of unavoidable in my opinion. But I'll get into that in a second when we talk about this episode in depth so let's let's start jump into that first of all just laying out the structure of this episode basically the kids are doing some sort of like security simulations of encountering mm -hmm. the dauntless so you know by the end of the episode they're actually going to encounter dauntless like that's like you know Chekhov's gun type situation yeah but then when they quote unquote what leave the holodeck it turns out that they haven't actually left the holodeck at all yeah, and uh, I mean, this is definitely uh, we we've had variations on this theme, so I I guess I'm very glad that we're getting this, if only as I don't know. I I feel like the purpose of this show is definitely to introduce you to the rest of Star Trek, and so if that's part of the deal, like we need to have some holodeck shenanigans. Uh, so yeah, from from that perspective, like yeah, okay, this this needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh. I suppose there there's a lot of like subgenres of stuck in the holodeck where uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, specific ones where they th think that they have left the holodeck but they have not, uh, and I believe it's happened before, but I don't I don't have like a definitive list in front of me. Yeah, there's 
I, I think this is one of those, let's just put it this way. There have been episodes, many episodes of Star Trek where our crew has been stuck in the holodeck and the safety protocols are off. How about mm-hmm. that? Now we can, we can def- definitely say that that has happened many times. So this was not exactly a groundbreaking Star Trek episode, but we don't need that. As you were saying, in fact, it introduces the kids just to something they will see again in Star Trek. And each of the, so basically the, the structure of this episode is that all of the kids' holodeck programs are all melding into each other. So we saw what they all were. And the first one we get is that Rock Doc has some sort of medical simulator where she helps heal cute animals, <laughs> which depending on how realistic it is, that could be really grim, man. Like, can you imagine some fluffy bear showing up and it's like oozing guts and like, you know, you're to fix it. That could be pretty traumatic, man. Yeah, but- I, I was uh, as as we were watching the different uh, or see, seeing everyone's like how they interact with the holodeck. I, uh, I I got the sense that it was more like a, a, a cell phone game type uh, interaction where it's like the, the animal is is sick and you you click on it and then you give it like three red berries or something like that. And then that makes it better. Uh, but I, I mean, Rock Talk is very uh, uh, knowledgeable about science. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that this is just like a a full deep sim where, yeah, we, we have to do uh, complex surgeries on these little puff balls. Yeah. I, I think it's more like, all right, hit the little vitamin button. And you know, those like little mobile simulators where you yeah. raise chickens <laughs> by like just pressing the feed button and whatever, you know? And oh yeah. Worst... We, at, at my work, we had, we had a, uh, there was a time where we were just captivated by uh, this game called egg Inc. Uh, literally mm-hmm. the only thing you do in the game is uh, press a button uh, and that makes the chickens come out uh, and then go into their coops and then they lay eggs. Uh, and then you can unlock different powers, such as now you can hold down and you don't have to keep pressing that button. Uh, and Incredible. that's that's the game. All right. So I think that's pretty much what Rock Dog was playing. So, yeah. So that was hers. We don't actually get to go into that simulator again. It's probably like some busy ER. So there's like probably people with gunshot wounds around while these cute animals are being wheeled in. So they couldn't show that in the kitchen. So instead, we first start with Zero's program, which is a mystery. Like, you know, it's kind of like a Nancy Drew or, you know, old school book where like there's some society where the detectives all collect and they get their clues. Yeah, definitely uh, something that either Data or Picard would have been uh, pretty into uh, in terms of uh, their holodeck adventures as well. So because they're big uh, nerds, <laughs> right? So like, too too bad they weren't here because uh, we would have solved that one right away. Right, and it's called the Keys Club or the Keys Society or whatever it was, and that was. I mean, I th- I think. That scene is where I was like, okay, they're talking about all of this like it's a kid show. There was definitely some hijinks and kind of the dialogue, I think, in this in this episode is very much child oriented. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see that the, the and it, even the like how the kids use the holodeck uh, seemed mm-hmm. closer to like what you'd expect of kids. Uh, ex- I, I suppose, except for Zero, where. Uh, and I mean, it makes sense because Zero is, I mean, in a children's show, but Zero is hundreds of years old. Uh, it's just sort of like because they are sort of corporeal now that it mm-hmm. makes it 
that they're childlike in certain ways, uh, or at least like they're discovering the world along with everybody else. So it's like, okay for them to be lumped in with the other kids. But, um, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, Jankum is, is definitely just like playing street fighter all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's clear that the, the holodeck is more just for, uh, well, I don't know, simplistic video game type stuff, I guess. I think I think that, you know, but in character, that makes sense, right? Like, they mm-hmm. are kids, so you'd expect that. I think I was more saying, like, even the way they talked about this simulation or they talked about the holodeck and, it, and they mostly were describing it within Zero since it was the, when they realized. I think that made me feel like it felt very... Like, the writers had written this episode to be for children like it yeah. wasn't i think some of the explanations were very surface level some of the language used was very simplistic so yeah and and lots of like uh like oh i'm not gonna entertain like the way that you play in the holodeck so i'm just gonna like uh kind of talk about how it's lame and for nerds the whole time uh which yeah, I, yeah, I don't know that yeah. we've we've had people really like disparate well except for Barkley. uh uh uh, I, I don't know that there's a lot of like disparaging each other's usage of the holodeck in Star Trek. Right, right. No, like, you know, like no one's going off to like, I don't know, Picard and, and telling him what a big loser he is uh, for <laughs> for spending time in whichever sim that he chooses whenever he chooses it. So anyway, with so so we get the, the, the Zero's uh, key club sim and then we go to Jankum's like beat people up simulator uh which is uh kind of again like i I, okay maybe that's not child oriented that was a little real man like apparently like dr noom's criticism of him uh at at the that like depot really like resonated with them yeah i I was trying to figure out like is is that um is that intentionally that he's programmed them all to look exactly like him or is it just the like it did we save money on on that portion of this it it felt like it had to be intentional in some way he just didn't like really acknowledge it (laughs) yeah it's uh, well he's he at the beginning of the episode he makes a crack about like being you know some something about his height and then Mm -hmm. basically all the actors in that sim that he has they all look like dr noom too and he's like jenkins also beating them up like that yeah. is clearly the purpose of this thing he goes in there and just like i don't know that was a little intense man like <laughs> um it, it'd be it'd, like i feel like it'd be ho- i don't know how you would explain to a child that like you know having a place to blow off steam and beat people up is is it okay i don't even know if it's okay but like well, I, I, I mean, I, I know your stance of it uh, in uh, from Crisis Point, so uh, especially of beating up your coworkers. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Let's not go so, there. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also where the kids realize the safety protocols are off, and Janeway first comes on the line and takes Dal's command codes. Dun dun dun. Yeah, the, the moment that that happened, I was like, oh, that's that's a real bad idea. <laughs> right, right. Also, how did Dal get command codes without Janeway knowing them? Well, I, I I think it's it's hmm. right, or maybe hmm. maybe the ship's like new captain, please enter your code, bleep bloop bloop, and it's like data with the hand going like super fast on the screen. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I I mean, I definitely I could see that she would be 
like her program could just be set to when the new captain is installed, she just like erases her ability to uh, like recall what the old command code was or maybe just gets deactivated. So, right, right. Yeah. So they go from the beat up sim into the like 20s club. Yeah. And where, I, yeah. I, I mean, definitely the, 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 in the first thing you think when they, when they enter that club is like, okay, who is going to be like the lounge singer or, or like the comedian or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll have to hand it to them. I did. That is not the direction that they, that I thought they were going to go. <laughs> Right, it's this is Murph's program, and Murph basically lip syncs uh, crooner, like big band songs. <laughs> well, which... it does lip does Murph's lip sync. I, I they they called out that that was a possibility uh, in the episode, but what what is your feeling? Well, Murph doesn't really talk though, and they're like just like you know having conversations. So it'd be a little odd if Murph is like has the ability to have like a deep singing voice, but then doesn't. <laughs> yeah so, i don't know that doesn't seem like the most uh the most reasonable option there <laughs> right um but murph is apparently loves to sing which again this was this was another part of the episode where i was like yeah okay this one's for the kids again mm-hmm. yeah uh, it, it was a, a little on the uh yeah just the gag uh as the uh focus of that scene and then we get a little bit of a heartfelt moment with Gwyn meeting the bartender who looks like her dad. Yeah, and I, I mean, I assume that that's the same voice actor, but uh, definitely it was, was doing yeah. a, a different, uh, different voice, uh, which was sort of like, uh, slightly confusing for me. But it was also just like, I mean, I I know that that's probably the same person, so I'll just kind of accept it. <laughs> I think it's like a slightly different accent, if you ask. Yeah. Me. Not, not definitely not as um as much of like the gravitas uh injected in there right 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 so we quickly then get chased out of the club and we end up in a pirate ship simulator with dal and i think like the other thing i'll say is like a lot of these programs seem to be things we've seen before in other star trek version so like the one yeah. with the key club it kind of was like data's like that last sim that data was in in picard right um mm. it's kind of like a nice quiet sitting room and then you have the club which is kind of like you know we've seen a pretty much exactly that club in star trek first contact with dixon hill yeah and the, yeah and, the, and then with the pirate ship we've seen that in generations, generations yeah 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 it's which I, I, I don't know. I, it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I get maybe why we would go that direction because it's like, yeah, we need to remind you of everything. But I, I feel like we're already treading the same ground that's that's happened in a bunch of other episodes. What, like, why don't we take advantage of this? Is like this is an animation, so we can kind of go buck wild on like what the scenarios are that you would do in a holodeck. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think ultimately, like, I'm, it's, it's okay that they didn't uh, do that. I, I think it was but, more like know. I, 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 so for, I took it kind of more as an homage. Like it was kind of cool yeah. that they, you know, it was just, they're giving references, you know. And and when the kids watch this, and then maybe ten years later they finally get to watch First Contact, they can be like, oh wow, this is like you know whatever. Like oh it's, yeah, yeah, 
you know, so I don't know. <laughs> At least they didn't have uh, Ta'ana and Shaxes in there <laughs> having sex on the holodeck. Oh man! I, I mean, they, they've had they had a uh, they're doing a crossover episode for Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. They're they're missing out on Lower Decks and Prodigy. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think they're missing out on any. <laughs> <laughs> As, as I said before, like this is, uh, I think, three years before uh, Lower Decks, at least before the, the latest season. So, uh, yeah, it's well, uh, may, maybe we can't we can't quite have the crossover we're imagining. Also, don't forget, this is the second time we've seen a character unexpectedly burst out into a really beautiful song in a single year of Star Trek. You remember uh, Alison Spill character did that in Picard season two? Uh, I literally, I I think every single series has, has one of these. Uh, uh, We've got, uh, I think Uhura in the original series. We have um, the doctor in Voyager. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of it in, in the next generation though. Um, We have, we have an entire episode dedicated to, dedicated to it that's horrible in uh deep space nine we've got uh uh saru is uh uh secretly uh has a billy boyd voice uh in uh uh discovery not sure that we've done it in in lower decks yet well the lower decks is the choo-choo choo-choo dance (laughs) So they're more about the dancing and not the singing. So. <laughs> so anyway, our kids get to the pirate ship and basically they're taken over by a large sea monster, which turns out to be one of the cute creatures that Rock Dog is fixing. And she's like, okay, we need to fire fruit into her. So she settles down after getting nourished. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I, I did like. Even though we never got to see that medical sim, I, I liked that it kept on, uh, becoming useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's when the kids basically realize that it's the holodeck trying to keep them there. That they're, it's trying to not let them leave. Mm-hmm. And then when Janeway finally gets in there, she's like, "Yay, I saved you!" And then they're like, "Actually, we think you're evil." And and then we get the flashback sequence where we get to see what really was going on this whole time. And it turns out that Janeway is programmed not to let the ship stray from trying to get to the Federation. Yeah, that was an interesting uh an interesting twist there. And I, and I guess uh Maybe this is part of why it was so conveniently easy for the ship to be taken over by a bunch of children uh, is mm-hmm. that uh, she like that. I mean, that, that sort of like fits in with the programming that she had for herself is find some gullible people that are willing to take it to the Federation in the event that he's not able to do it himself. And it also makes sense now that. Janeway invited the kids in and she's like, yeah, you're cadets. Let's go on a journey. If if mm-hmm. she has this nefarious mission of trying to infect Starfleet, then it makes sense that she's, she wasn't questioning why they were there. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I mean, some of the other actions, I, I think they might have been the same regardless, but uh, she has been kind of continuously like pushing them to inspire them to join the federation and to like bring the ship back and 
uh, learn about how to sort of do things the Federation way, which would mm-hmm. hopefully get them more excited uh, about uh, making contact and whatnot. So uh, I, I think main, the, the main flaw is that for some reason, the virus is incapable of being transmitted beyond the protostar. Uh, it feels like the, the correct way to do this would have been to have it infect that relay station and then infect everything else and then have everything explode itself. Uh, but yeah, I guess the, the kids are going to have to like warp to every single outpost and planet and ship uh, and destroy the Federation themselves. And we're now going to see basically, I mean, the show ends where they, they've set they're just met the Dauntless. And the beginning of the episode, we've seen them training for the encounter with the Dauntless. And they basically tried to send a Morse code signal through phasers. Yeah. And Which I, I appreciated that that sort of troubleshoot. Because we, we were talking about that in a previous episode where uh, we wanted to see them uh, kind of do some Star Trek style solving the, the problem. And like, there's probably some way they can they can get a message across uh, and so we got that call out, but then uh, I, I think I appreciate how it ended because we, we get a uh, we see how the kids might have approached it if uh, this was a totally normal situation. But it's even mm-hmm. more dire uh, with the way things are ending uh, in this episode. Right. It does end very much on like kind of a dog, 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 big time cliffhanger. In the beginning, we've seen the Dauntless firing on the kids and destroying the protostar. So like, you know, as a, as a viewer of the show, if you don't know that Janeway is into, isn't into murdering kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not in command right now, actually. It's it's the it's David Diggs' uh, character. So maybe who knows that Andorian might be bloodthirsty. Um well, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought about how uh, they could have just incapacitated her, but then not taken over the rest of the ship. Because uh, I, I think my, like my assumption was that uh, uh, Ensign would, or she would go back to being Ensign Essentia, yeah, and, and would and would somehow uh, result in taking over the bridge along with um, uh, the Diviner. Oh, for sure. We're going to get that yeah. scene, right? Like where Asensia, Diviner, and Dreadnought lock the rest of the Dauntless crew in their quarters and are running the ship on their own. And then Janeway leads a mutiny and like... And they, and they probably need to do it from engineering because we need to show kids that uh, engineering is a place where you can also run the ship from uh, and it doesn't have to be from the bridge. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The battle bridge makes it... Yeah, loop, we could get the battle bridge too. Uh, prop, prop, maybe the Dauntless can, can do some saucer separation. There you go. Um, no, it's it's like the, it does the thing that they do in the Voyager episode, Message in a Bottle, where that ship breaks up into three different flying ships. <laughs> so maybe Even you can better. do that. Yeah, there you go. So so we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle Hollow Janeway now. They basically turn her off or they try to find some way to fix her or I, I don't know quite what happens from here. So which is a good thing. It's good to be unpredictable. Yeah, I... I, I bet that we're not going to just say like oh it's too dangerous to use hollow janeway she's not a character anymore i I feel like there's probably going to be some scene with zero doing some sort of uh uh hollow surgery along with uh rock talk uh trying to do some programming and whatnot yeah yeah i I think that's where they go as well because she's been too much of like a you know uh 
like a, a matronly figure for the kids. So mm-hmm. either that or maybe actual Janeway gets beamed over to the protostar somehow. And so she takes hollow Janeway's yeah, role. Yeah, I, I, I could see uh, I, either of those can be satisfying. But yeah, it, it's I, I've been enjoying the having that kind of dual presence of hollow Janeway and uh, Admiral Janeway within the same episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just I hope they do something with it and and not just kind of that's the end. Right, right. OK, well, um, any other pieces you want to talk about this episode before we give it a rating, Adam? Um, that ice cream looked, uh, I, I can't decide if it looked gross or if it looked delicious. Uh, it, it seemed a little on the like cheesy potato with, uh, rainbow sprinkles, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how it looks. So I, I don't know. It looked like, uh, it was also like a perfect circle and they had like big bowls of the filled with them. So it kind of looked like a fruit without, a. A skin to me, you know? You know what I mean? Some sort of like oh, exotic yeah. fruit. Yeah. I'd like to try it. I think it'd be delicious ice cream. And the kids seem to like it, so. Yeah. Maybe and that, and that's I... the next episode. They just go all go back to the holodeck because the ice cream is amazing. <laughs> it's better than dealing with, dealing with the problems that uh, we've got going on. Yeah, right? So, okay. Let's give this episode a rating. Adam, do you want to stick your neck out and give this a rating, or should I go first? Uh, I'll I'll go ahead. Uh, I I think this one, I'm gonna give it a seven. It was uh, it was a fine episode. Uh, did it sort of did, made the callbacks that we needed to make? Uh, I don't know that it it is one that's like particularly gonna stand out for me. Uh, mm-hmm. going forward, um, but I, I I do appreciate the how they um flipped my expectations pretty well uh at the end there so i i in terms of like the the drama that is adding to the series as a whole uh i think it's doing its job it's just for the 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 episode itself just uh uh wasn't a standout for my from my perspective yeah i'm gonna give it a six i honestly didn't enjoy this so much but i think i like the way that they've justified some of the reasons that janeway allowed what has occurred in terms of the kids taking over i think it did move the plot along so while it wasn't quite just like a one of those episodes that's around just to you know take up room on the episode list so i think there's a reason that it exists which is what kept me from going lower but i'll be honest I, like i said i think it just seemed much more like a the dialogue is aimed at a less mature audience finally and i mm. don't think any other episode of the show have felt like that to me yet so Fair enough. Um, but again, the mean of this episode is really great. I also mentioned that tons of people online really love this sh- episode. So like, you know, not saying that they're wrong at all uh, in terms of enjoying it more than I did. Yeah, fair enough. We've, we've all got episodes for ourselves. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks for joining me to talk about this episode of Prodigy. Very much yeah, looking forward for to... Me. Yeah, of course. We're very much looking forward to having more conversations as this series comes to the end of the season. I don't know if it's going to end on a cliffhanger or not, but I'm really hoping that they resolve the the plot this season. I, I mean, if we're going to introduce ourselves to Star Trek, we, we've got to end on the to be continued. Uh, right. And, and it has to be like while we're having a phaser blast uh, come in, you know, so. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, 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 yeah, while I don't like cliffhangers, I would respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And thanks also to Bill, Rudy, and Emily, whatever it is y'all are doing today. I hope it's a great time. 
Thank you to our listener for making us a part of your podcast rotation this week. Thank you also Jishnu Guha for recording our theme music. And special thanks this week to whoever made the holodeck so easy to program that kids can all each have their own simulations where they like customize them and do crazy stuff. So if if that person hadn't made the holodeck so easy, there's probably the holodeck has a WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get interface. Well, I, uh, I think what it is is it, they have ChatGPT uh, yeah, there up there uh, designing the holodeck. So. Of course. So, so Jankum just has to say, give me a futuristic simulation of me beating up half-dressed Tellarites. And it's there. Yep, pretty much. All right. Okay, well, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.